for me, I want to give the client what they want. So they want that neighborhood. Okay, I'll stay on top of it. One came up and we we were ready to go. Welcome to the No Excuse Pro Podcast, your weekly dose of motivation and actionable advice available at noexcusepropodcast.com. If you're a realtor, financial planner, business owner, or anyone who's tired of making excuses and ready to take your success to the next level, you've come to the right place. Join your host, Kevin Brierton, each week as he chats with industry leaders who are going beyond the excuses to achieve their goals. They'll share their expert insights, proven strategies, and the mindset that sets them apart. No gimmicks, no fluff, just straight to the point content focused on one thing, helping you succeed. So no excuses accepted. Let's get started. So we'll kind of get started at, at this point. And I really, I really appreciate you jumping on. Um, like I mentioned to you, one of the reasons why I want to start this interview and uh, podcast is, is because I believe that for too long, whether it's real estate agents, financial advisors, other business owners, some have figured out a way to go beyond the excuses and achieve their goals. And some are stuck in a situation where they're they're not able to overcome those excuses and it, it consumes them and ultimately holds them back from what they really want to achieve in life. And if we can bring some insight on you know, what it takes to overcome those excuses. And no, none of us are perfect. I make some of my own excuses. And sometimes I have to make sure I hold myself accountable to going, hey, what did I do? Why did I do this? Um, so I just want to learn more about you a little bit, Zach. I understand, you know, that you're an awesome real estate agent. You have experience in a couple of different states as well. And now you call Arizona your home here in Scottsdale. So I know you're an amazing real estate agent. You do an awesome job. I want to jump in right away and just ask you, you know, what do you believe in? What are the patterns in the formula uh, that you believe are common in becoming successful? What are the patterns and formula? Well, the patterns and formula, it, it comes down to one thing real easy. It's uh, being full service, putting the, the customer or the clients first and in their needs instead of just worrying about how many transactions you do which is very common in, in our business instead of that worry about your client worry to do the best what i'll do is work the hardest to make them happy make them very happy at the end of the transaction whether they're buying or selling a property that it works out for them and it's smooth and easy and they got everything they they wanted so like what, so let me ask you about that. So tell me about a time when a buyer or seller considered you a hero and why? Okay. I'll give a good example. There was, uh, um, I got interviewed for a listing appointment. This was a beautiful house. It was about 4,000 square feet house. And, um, there were two agents, me and another agent. She went with the other agent cause it was her friend. So the seller. Now the other agent didn't it, it it she you know she didn't she got it tied up in escrow and wasn't able to close it it fell apart so the seller called me and said you're up we know we got to drop the price now because of what happened 
And I said, no, because the house was beautiful and it was priced right. I said, we're going to raise the price. And she was blown away because this house, it was worth it. It was wow, beautiful. Not normal. <laughs> no, not normal. So I, I went and we raised the price by about 5%. And we sold it. We, we, I sold it full price a week later to a, for a primary resident for a couple. So it just showed, you know, it, it, everybody has their own the ways of doing thing. I worked hard. I put her first. I know what she was going for and, and it works. So she, she, to this day, she still <laughs> sends me emails and I send her emails and we talk and that was probably six years ago. So yeah, how, how did that make you feel? Oh, it made me feel really good. And the other part about it, I had um, some of the local agents there. They were, they, they didn't want to show the house because of basically I was one city over my line. So I was in just a little bit past the, my border of, of the clicks and realtors. So they said, we're not showing your property. So on top of that, I found my own buyer and I called some of those guys and said, look, you didn't sell it. I found the buyer now. Now I represent both sides because they didn't want to work with me. I just worked harder and got it done. So it's 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 just a matter of of doing it and, and again, putting the client's needs first and seeing what they need and, and just working to to fulfill that. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that story because it's so easy for you know agents, I think, to say, oh, let's just drop the price and move this quickly. They already told me they want to drop the price, but you held firm and then you actually went out and got the buyer as well, which is even um, more unique. Generally, you know, it's just going to be listed and then just hopefully sell it and go get another listing. But you really served that client. That's awesome. You really did help them. Um, I think that's great. So tell me, tell me about a time you had to overcome. This sounds like kind of like an inter, you know, you're uh, interviewing for a job, but I want to ask, mm -hmm. This is a deep question because I think it's important to think about. Tell me about a time when you had overcome a major obstacle for a customer and how did that make you feel? Well, man, there's been a lot of times overcoming. Um, it it always feels good. Um, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of the most times overcoming. I think it would be mostly on, on I'm thinking of a situation of a, a buyer this time. And they wanted to be in a neighborhood. And this is the time where we were writing offers and it was very difficult to get in because there were so many offers coming in. The, these okay. properties were getting 10 to 15 offers and they were getting discouraged. Well, they wanted to be in a certain neighborhood. The, the two houses that were for sale, we didn't get. They sold for a lot more. So what we did, instead of the obstacle, they want to be in this neighborhood. That was my challenge. And so the the best thing to do was saying, let's wait till one comes up. Most realtors wouldn't do that because they don't, they want to move it. They want to keep going. For me, I want to give the client what they want. So they want that neighborhood. Okay, I'll stay on top of it. One came up and we we were ready to go. So we went in and got this property for them and they got it and they were extremely happy. It, it took about eight months total time from from showing day one till closing so it was you know i think we waited for like three or four months but we constantly stayed and 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 i updated them they they we stayed in touch and made sure every everybody was on the same plan that we had and they were very happy and that was a tough obstacle because waiting that long sometimes not the best 
uh, you know, people lose interest or, you know, stuff changes, but they, they were very happy at the end of the day. So what I'm hearing is, you know, because you were patient and the obstacle was really like, probably for you more of as an, as an agent going, Hey, I want to get this sale. I want to go. But the obstacle was, Hey, let's slow down. Let's understand what's, what the client actually wants. And then being patient enough to be able to see it through eight or nine months later, seven months later, from my hearing is patience is huge because the reality is, is if you don't, uh, if you're not around as a professional, um, we I've been in the business 19 years and it's like, man, um, I've seen a lot of people come and go and, mm -hmm. you know, being patient enough to be able to understand that the right thing is for the client, but also have staying power to make sure you're there at nine months later, not eight months later. So I think that's awesome. Patience is, I think that's a big deal. It's under uh, valued, I think, in our business because of a high, you know, anytime you are serving clients in a sales environment, it's like, what are we doing now today? But it's mm -hmm. really what I found is the, the, the opportunity here is planting seeds and solving problems for people. And if we help people with their problems and we figure out how to solve them, you know, sometimes it's this year, sometimes it's next year, sometimes it's three years from now. Um, I think that's awesome. So that's my biggest take takeaway there is your obstacle was, you know, having to make sure you're overcoming the want to just get something done right away, but being patient enough to have the client's best interest at hand, you know, I think that's super important, man. Well, tell me, um, I want to ask some interesting questions here. Um, have you ever given up on something that you wish you did not give up on? You know, there's, I, I really don't think there is because <laughs> I know this is a strange answer, but I just, if I don't really give up, I'll just keep going. I mean, if it's something impossible, I won't really make it in my mind. I know it's kind of a long shot, but it, as far as, items to give up on i just don't give up i just keep going eventually you're gonna get it you know that could be financially that could be professionally it could be family any any of those avenues i just keep going till till you, you get it done i guess and so that's a i know it's not a great answer but <laughs> so when, when i was a kid i always wanted to be a actor you know okay. and at some point you give up i gave up that dream and i'm like man I guess now, I mean, we're, you know, we do a lot of videos and we do, um, you know, this podcast and other things. And so you kind of, you kind of end up becoming a little bit of like that <laughs> actor thing. And so, but I think there's a lot of times things that we, you know, maybe wish we didn't give up on that we forget about um, just because maybe it's just a time in our life or it passes, or there's a different reason why you wanted to do it. You know, I mm -hmm. think, you know, being a, you know, like the actor thing was like, being a star or feeling mm -hmm. worthwhile or valued. And so when I think back on that, I think that was more why I wanted to be an actor mm -hmm. than being actually an actor, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of interesting as we play this out over our lives of what happens and when we give up stuff. So with that frame, is there anything that you think you gave up on good or bad? It's okay if you've given up on something, there's probably something out there that you gave up on. Is there mm -hmm. anything that you gave up on that, you know, go, you look back on, maybe, maybe it's okay that you wish you didn't, but I'm just kind of curious. Is there anything that you did give up on maybe intentionally? Well, I mean, I guess 
I was always, um, I always loved music and I played nice. drums my whole life. So, um, nice. I didn't know that that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I played since I was a little kid all through high school and different bands and all that kind of stuff. So fast forward to being in my twenties, working in the news media in San Francisco. Now, um, we were doing a story about like a making the band kind of school, a band school. So all the CBS, I worked for CBS there. So the radio and TV and all the CBS was in one building. So we kind of, we did it as a story, but we grabbed all the people that had a little bit of musical talent and we put the band together <laughs> and that band, we took it from, <laughs> excuse me, from one little story to playing for eight years and we opened for bands like the journey, the doobie brothers on stage with them, um, wow. played at big events, big arenas. We played for bill Clinton, got to spend time with him. So it kind of took off and it wasn't mostly because our, our skills or talent, because it was a lack of, it was fun. We wrote some fun music. It was kind of novelty music, but it was also because we had that tie with media. So that's one thing I always miss music is you know I always I always love music and to be to play and write music's fun, so that when that kind of came out, I felt like oh I gave up on it. But I, even though I was older, we got it together and it was fun and I got a taste of a little bit of the you know the the professional side of that music business. And so that's one thing I kind of gave up on um, music, I guess. So what's uh. You know, sometimes we have to give up on certain things and maybe giving up a little too strong to allow for other things in our lives. You know, one thing that I was was big on um, that was a big influence on me was a not to do list. You know, we sit here and we want to have all these different to do lists and uh, how do I optimize my email and how do I do this? And this? it's like, actually, do you even need to do it in the first place? Then if you delegate it, that's even worse. And you delegate something that doesn't need to be done. So giving up on something isn't bad necessarily, uh, but it is important to think through, should I give up on something or not? So that's just my kind of thought about that. Um, so tell me about a resource or service that you've provided that really changed the experience for your customers. Um, I think the the service I provide is, uh, is just, is basically ex full service to the extreme. So what I'll do is I won't take on too much work, too many clients at once because you lose, you know, you lose that personal connection. Some realtors with big teams, they have the team owner who basically closes the deal or gets in close the listing, but then they have their interns or newbies running, running, working with those clients where with me, you actually get me, I'm still busy and it's, it works out, but I'm, I'm available. So whenever people text me, I'm responding back within minutes, always. And that's the biggest thing um, that I focus on is that because it it brings return business for one and two, it it helps them get what they want. So this the um, back to your question, the service or the that that I provide that's that's the biggest thing for me. It's just being available and having the knowledge. Having knowledge is huge. Not just, you know, it's not a numbers game. It's not a sales game. It's it's having knowledge and relationships. Um, and, you know, coming from a builder background from my parents' side, I understand. I saw a lot of houses being built 
and I understand a lot about the construction of it. So when when uh, sometimes these buyers will ask, oh, what's this or what? I'll know quite a bit just because of that background from my family. So that might be something that is a little unique to you um, is, is the builder background. Tell me mm -hmm. a little bit more about that and how that's helped uh, a client of yours. So, yeah. So growing up um, when I was a little guy, my dad, uh, my, my dad, my father was a architect. So okay. before flipping homes was a thing, this was in the, you know, mid eighties, we, it was called sweat equity back then. We would buy a house and my dad would design additions to it and we had sell it and move on, move on. We did it a lot until we got a little bit older and we slowed it down. So I grew up around flipping homes pretty much. Now, my stepfather, when I hit around 20, my stepfather is a builder. I helped and worked with him, not only selling the homes, but I helped manage some of the subcontractors and he built these big homes, new construction. And I learned a lot from that, a lot on material, a lot on what to look for as far as what shortcuts builders will take, quality of products, um, building, craftsmanship, you know, all that. And I learned a lot of that. So when we're out looking at homes with buyers or even when when sellers have me walk through their house, we talk about the different features that one are, you know, people like because it, it'll be a selling point or if with buyers we could look at um even like comp roof i know there's a lot of tile here in arizona but composition roof um just by looking at it, there's ways to tell how old it is without with just looking at it so just little things like that help a lot and and as far as um you know adding on setbacks and all that kind of stuff it's it's pretty kind of general idea so if someone says oh, i want to maybe if i could extend this house out and there's a pool 10 feet away it's not going to happen it's too close to the pool some people might, might not know that so that that's what i try and add um, that knowledge well into. i mean zach i appreciate that that's huge so we believe in uh you know a lot of lenders or realtors even too will provide you know the financing or the closing and find the house and then they'll say see you later it's like one of the biggest purchases that anybody takes on I truly believe it's our professional responsibility to help them manage it on the front end of it, you know, and also their long-term goals. So somebody has a house for 30 years and we just go, okay, bye. And rarely the statistics are staggering on how many people do say they would use the realtor that they used before, but they lost contact or never heard from the realtor. Um, I just talked to a client of mine, amazing veteran, awesome client. I helped in 2015 and we just had a great conversation, probably talked a little too long. Um, but I mean, honestly, it was an awesome, great guy. He just retired from the postal service and uh, his kids are going to the military. And he's like, Kevin, I rely on you. I call you to make sure I'm doing the right thing. We've helped him over the years or sometimes it makes, and we've re helped him refinance. We've also helped him not refinance over time. Mm -hmm. We helped him, not sell his house um, when, because it was the right thing for him based on the numbers and data. So your knowledge is really, really important. Um, service you need is expected, right? You got to get back to people. You got to, you know, they got to make sure that you're accessible and know how to access you. And how, you know, whether it's text or phone or email, whatever your process is. But having a specialized knowledge is super important. So I appreciate you going a little layer deeper there. That builder background's big. Um, 
you got to make sure people get into a house they want because if you just say oh yeah you're fine you're fine you're fine and then the roof caves in uh that's a problem like you got to do the due diligence feel good about it so when you do a closing call or you do an annual review call you want to like be, be happy the with the advice not nothing ever not everything goes perfectly but we need to make sure that we vet out everything we give them the knowledge and i really i think that's a bigger deal than you you know you first had service but i actually think that builder knowledge is something that you could build around i think that's a huge opportunity for you huge so thanks thanks a couple of easy things so i know we're coming up on time i want to ask some other questions here get you to think get the wheels turning um what are important rules that you've learned about business that has made you even more successful give me a couple uh so the rules are um uh, one of the big ones is don't I know it again, this doesn't sound big, but it, it it pays off. Don't judge people by the way they look or the car they drive or any of that stuff. Cause you never know, you never know who's who's the buyer or the seller, you know, and and boy, there there's been a lot of I could go down a list of different stuff where someone didn't want to deal with a client in the office or this or that, and I'll spend time with them. And not only do they buy or sell with me, their family, you know, and just because someone was looking them wrong way or judging them. So that's a big one. Um, wow. Another, another rule is, um, you know, I always say it's business one-on-one, just, just follow up and, and stay on top of it, on top of the job. It's easy to slip, especially when you're doing real estate or, you know, like your job mortgages where we are our own boss. So it's kind of yeah. easy just to push it away. And I think that's where a lot of people in this business uh, start slipping and failing where you just got to keep this one-on-one business going and just stay on top of, of, you know, basic, basic stuff. Um, so those, those are big, those are, those are little rules, but they're very powerful. Well, not judging people is just huge. Because <laughs> it just did. Yeah. I mean, at first it's disrespectful to them. Right. And then you got to keep an open mind on how to help people. I think we, as some of the sales professionals, we, especially as years go on, you go, well, I know what's best for this situation. And it's like, you got to be open minded to, um, what they want and ask questions and really dig in and, and not judge on the surface of, Oh, they don't want to do this or they want to do this. And then what you're talking about is the person's appearance as well. Mm -hmm. Try not to judge on the appearance because it's easy. Like, Oh, they don't have the money to buy this house. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I mean, who knows, you know, maybe they just have had the same clothes for 20 years because mm -hmm. they didn't change and you know, whatever, you know? Like, so I think that's a huge, uh, huge takeaway. I really appreciate that. That's a, uh, I think something that's undervalued uh, in success. So thank you for sharing that. So, all right, we're going to wrap up with a couple easy, uh, uh, well, we'll land the plane with a couple easy questions here. Okay. What is the biggest challenge buyers and buyers and sellers face right now? Well, biggest challenge, um, you know, it's usually the market condition being um, uh, with buyers. A lot of times it's just finding what they, what they want in the budget and you know what they set out for that's a big challenge so that takes some time to kind of massage what they want a lot of times they don't know what they want so you know not a lot of times some of the times so they're trying to figure it out they want a house by the lake or you know they want a house on the golf course no i don't now i realize there's too much noise or so it's real important to listen to them and 
think what what it listen to what's important to them and then you could kind of um start putting some properties that might fit their criteria and the challenge with sellers sometimes um usually it's a the price when sellers they just want a certain price when it comes down to it and um you know and and so it's it's again you got to educate them on their house what compared to other houses you know what it's the the is it updated is it outdated all that kind of stuff and educate them based on that because a lot of people they've been in their house for 20 years they haven't seen their neighbors or you know the ones that have been selling so they don't quite understand the the comps in the area what they look like or that thing so it's a lot of education um it helps them that's the biggest i think challenge to help kind of pull them together well i think you'd agree that there's some you unless you're an investor and that all they care about is the bottom line there's some motivating factor for them to sell would you agree Yes, it's not just definitely. about money because at the end no. of the day, like there's a reason why they're selling. If it's their primary residence, like you know, there's a lot of people sitting on a lot of equity right now that are not selling. Well, why are they not mm -hmm. selling? Because the pain isn't isn't bad enough. The pain of whatever their situation is, whether they mm -hmm. want a three car garage or four car garage, or they want to be closer to their kid's school or farther away from maybe the grandkids, whatever it is, um, the pain isn't big enough. So. I think people get so focused on, especially if they're selling and buying, they get so focused on getting a high price for the home they're selling mm -hmm. that they forget about why they're doing it. So I think that's the challenge we, we, we're facing is, you know, sometimes they forget about why they're doing it when really they're not just doing it just because of the price. Just like right now, as people are like, well, well, rates are high. Well, yeah, uh, in 2023, rates are high right now. You're not doing it because rates are high. You're doing it because you need a house you need to live mm -hmm. somewhere you need what is the problem we're trying to solve so that's what you're talking about is like mm -hmm. how do we get them to solve their problem but understand that the price can actually hold them back from actually mm -hmm. getting to what they want to do whether it's you know get money for retirement move to out of state whatever that situation is we need to remind them that they have to price it right one thing i heard was every listing should be within 5% of what you actually think it's going to sell for other than otherwise you're wasting time. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's true. And, and, and the, on your note about making a move, I've done that with a lot of clients where they're um, I, I think I've had more clients where they're downsizing, like they, their kids, their empty nesters, their kids have left, they got a big house and they want yeah. to downsize. I've done that more than the other way where they're up, you know, with kids. It just seems like, I don't know, maybe I'm working with all the old people or something. But anyways, I've done that a lot. And what is what, again, it's it's a lateral move. So, hey, the market and, and this is part to explain to them. It doesn't matter what the market it could be super hot. It could be cold. It could be, you know, anything. It's a lateral move. So if you're if you're going from one house to the other, well, my my house is not as much, or it's really high. I don't want to buy that. Well, you're going to get a high price on yours, even though you're paying for high. It's still lateral. So it's not like it's not like a stock where you're selling it and then holding, cashing it out. You know, unless you're totally cashing and getting a rent forever. But most of the time, they're doing a, a lateral move, so they're buying one, selling one. So in the market conditions, don't really matter for that, especially being your primary residence. So that's and and some people don't think like that. They just think, oh, it's a good time to sell. Yeah, but when you buy, exactly. it's going to be. <laughs> so yeah. that's. 
Well, that's awesome. And I, I think I really appreciate your time and um, let's, uh, let's think about where you go from here. So you've overcome, you've been successful as a real estate agent for a lot of years. You had a, uh, you know, success in the news, you know, realm as well. And I know you do a great job for your clients. What do you want on your resume in the next two years? Um, in the next two years, um, on the resume it would be kind of fun to have a few, um, uh, maybe a, a few custom homes built and sold. That would, <laughs> that would be fun. Go back to those days. And of course, I'm always loving, um, this isn't really much on the resume, but I always love great reviews from clients, you know, the, the Google reviews. And I'm, I'm, I just love when they're happy and it really shows those, those clients. So custom homes, that's exciting. Have you, uh, have you put, uh, that's obviously kind of the, the bit, a big overarching, uh, opportunity. I know you've done some, a lot of work on your own house as well. And I think you, you're a licensed contractor, um, kind of doing your own, your own stuff. So that's exciting. And we'll definitely have to dive into that a little bit more on a, another call. So let's go a little shorter term, 90 okay. days out. What do you want to accomplish in the next 90 days and why? Um, well, I would just like to, I, I mean, it comes down to helping more people find or sell their homes. A lot of homes right now aren't selling as fast. Um, and I, I love, I, you know, it's fun helping buyers buy cause they are happy and they're exciting, but I like this, the selling process, the listing process. Cause me, it's, it's challenging and you really get to lay out marketing plans and, and attack it kind of like we did in the media. So I enjoy listing homes because I get to really go forward with it, with the advertising, be creative. And that's what I, I would like to do more of in the next 90 days, um, get some listings. And it is, you know, the higher price, it's a little harder to sell too. It's a fewer buyers. So I, I, I again, the price range doesn't matter. It's just the listings. I really like taking listings and, and working with them, being creative. And it's just really fun for me. Okay, cool. Well, what's your uh, what's your goal as far as how many houses you want to help families sell? Um, you have a goal in the next ninety days that you're trying to you know, have X amount of houses you help you're trying to help sell. Yeah, uh, my goal normally year to year. Well, I guess this coming year is um, twenty four closings, so that would be twenty basically two a month, and that's very doable. I've done more than that in the past for a year. So I'm not, I'm, I, I try and keep my goals, um, relative to the amount of, uh, you know, the amount of activity there is in the market. So, um, 24 would be cool. Um, I don't, I never pick listings over buyers as far as what I'm shooting for. I always, I kind of do both. So I don't really put one above the other, even though I like doing listings better, um, but, uh, so it's just 24, you know, sales, which would be about two months, some, but some months are slower. So there might be four, it gets busy if you get too many. So, um, that's my goal. So in the next 90 days though, what do you think if you shorten that? So one thing I've learned in this journey of being a no excuse professional is you got to have longer goals and then shorter goals, right? Your longer goal is maybe I like to build a custom house. Um, shorter goal is help more people buy and sell. 
emphasis on selling because it, you're, you enjoy creating the marketing plan, brings you back to your days of building out, um, you know, news information and that. Mm -hmm. And, but then it got wider again, went to 24 per year. So how, how, and I, I want mm -hmm. you to think through this because again, this is why the, this is the meat of it, right? Because we can, we want to help people change their mm -hmm. lives and get clear on why they're doing what they're doing. So why do you even want to help people help more people sell a house? Like what's important about that to you? Well, for one, they it's, you know, it's a big deal for them. I mean, if they're trying to downsize or they're trying to move near family, you know, a lot of people move, leave the States because they're chasing their kid who just got married or, you know, they want to be by their mom who's ill. So that's real. Um, it, it's, it's cool to help out, help them. And then it's cool to, to, you know, give them a good price, get a good price for the house. They're, they're really excited. They're happy. And, and that's the main thing is helping the people, you know, with that transition in life, it's a big deal. It's very stressful for some people. Um, I, I, you know, some people really, it's, it's just huge, you know, for most people, it's not that you think of selling a house, not a big deal, but it's a lot of, especially if they raise their kids in it, they, they don't, you know, they have all this value, this, the, you know, they remember raising their family for 20 or 30 years, some of these people in this, in their homes. So they're, they're tied to it. Like, you know, the, a chandelier, which you think, oh, that's worthless to them. It's gold, you know? Yeah. So it's real. Um, you got to really help people kind of um, step away from the personal attachment with the house. I mean, it sounds a little, a little easier than it, than it is, but a lot of people are really, you know, tired. It's hard. It's hard. So I like helping people with that and, and showing them that transition. Hey, you're still, this is just stuff. This house it has a lot of memories, but you're going to a, for a reason to, you know, for your mom or your kid or whatever, or, you know, you're moving for a reason mostly. And I help them realize that. So it's not just, it's not just a mechanical sale. You know, it's, that's yeah. why I call it a relations game, not a sales game. It's not about the numbers to me. It's about doing the best for them and helping them, you know, being, being, helping them, uh, the whole package, helping them through this process. So I've done a lot of soul searching on this because, you know, oh, after 19 years of this business, you go through, you know, I've been on a small broker side, call center side, high number volume call center. and I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit. That it's not just about the numbers. I do think at some point there is a portion of how many people we need to want to help and why, because I truly believe Zach, I've seen you in action. You are a blessing for the you know, buyer sellers. You do an awesome job with your knowledge. And it's, I've got to a point where I'm confident that my advice matters and the way I provide that matters and it's my obligation to step up and help people. And that's why I have I have a number, not just because it's a number, but there's relevance behind it. I wanna help 300 families per year um, with their home loan, whether it's buying, you know, refinancing or purchasing. And um, the way I'm doing that is helping my partners be as successful as they wanna be. Um, and I know the impact on good advice because I saw bad advice during the subprime years. So I believe that there's bad advice, just jamming somebody only caring about the numbers, but the numbers keep you focused. There has to be a why behind it. Mm -hmm. So if you think of an iceberg, 
um, the numbers are like the, the tip of the iceberg, right? So it's mm -hmm. like all the activities we're doing. Okay, great. You did all this stuff. This is what shows. But on the base of an iceberg, there's, it's a huge um, base behind, underneath the water that you don't see. So what that is, is purpose, your vision, your mission, all of that is below the surface. And the iceberg is the tip. The numbers just say, okay, great. You helped this many people, mm -hmm. but you really need to know why you're helping them, what you're doing. So it doesn't, isn't just a number. It doesn't represent just a number, but I do think we don't serve our clients at the highest level without having a number. It's kind of like if you go to the gym and work out every day, but you never weigh yourself and you're, you're just like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just working out. Or you have, you have to have some sort of target at some point. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you obviously have 24 per year. Um, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, you know, what is, what's the, what do you want to accomplish? And I, and I just, and there may not, there's no right or wrong answer here, but what do you want to accomplish over the next 90 days? Um, that would be like your big, like, man, if I can do this, it'd fill me up inside. I'd be able to do X, Y, Z. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what do you want to accomplish in the next 90 days? 90 days. Well, it's, I, I think it would just be helping more people selling and buying. I mean, in 90 days, so three months, I mean, if I could do help, you know, six to nine people get in or transition, um, that would be, that would be awesome. What That's, would it take to get there? Well, it's just, just getting more, um, get giving, you know, giving more, uh, advice and listening to needs and getting in front of more people that might need to sell or buy. Um, and that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, in my community here, you know, I focus real tight in my little community but I still do business outside of it. So what I do is is I try harder in the Milo community because I know so much about it. And I know the people and I know the schools. And so that is what um, is what I really focus on um, and, and kind of being someone in the community. So, so people get to know you and it and, and it does work. And they know that you're not just a quick selling person. You're you're. In what, that community. What, remind me what communities like you know you're in Scottsdale. Is there any community specifically here in Arizona and Scottsdale, Arizona that you're you're in? Yeah, I focus. I I try and sell. Scottsdale is a big enough city. I focus just mostly on Scottsdale. I do other areas um, in the East Valley. I I so I don't really do West Valley, but I focus East Valley, Scottsdale, particular, and the micro community is Cactus Corridor, which is still a good sized community. So I I focus a lot in Cactus Corridor, and and um, and I you know I know a lot of builders, I know a lot of realtors here, I know a lot of people, and this is um the community I I really focus on um the schools and and all that. So it, it's it's pretty fun, but you know, any, anywhere in Scottsdale. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you. I know that putting a number down as far as, you know, six to nine makes it a little bit more difficult, but I think that is part of being a no excuse professional is giving ourselves first why we're doing it, which I totally hear you. You have a big heart and you have a big, you know, why, and then 
you know, also going, okay, well, what are we going to do about it? You know, um, picking the number and then how we're going to get there. So I'm, I'm so uh, grateful for you to be on here. You shared a lot of wisdom, a lot of good takeaways, took a ton of notes here. Um, thank you so much for being on. I, I really appreciate it again, you jumping on here. Um, it means a lot to me. And I think that, you know, um, even if we can change one person's trajectory here, that could be a big deal. I'm excited. Hopefully it could change a lot more than that. I got to put a number around that of how many people I want to impact, but um, I'll get there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And you always, it, you always, uh, you, you, uh, you're the best lender out there. So I just got to say, this was all about me, but it's a team and you do your part more than your part when we, we work together. So <laughs> just yeah. got to put that out there. Well, I appreciate that, man. Well, you have a good one. Um, and I know we'll talk soon. Okay. Have okay. We'll talk to you. Thank care. you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Another enlightening episode of the No Excuse Pro podcast is in the books. A heartfelt thank you to today's guests for sharing their wisdom and to you, our valued listeners, for spending your time with us. If you're ready to ditch the excuses and level up, make sure to subscribe and find all our episodes at noexcusepropodcast.com. Don't forget, the only thing standing between you and your goals is the story you tell yourself. So no excuses accepted here. Take action and make it happen.